praise and worship team because I got range. Um, so it is, it is the fact that, you know, you are to reflect on the fact that this person, where did they show me signs that I could not trust them with? Me? Welcome to another week of It Is What It Is Radio. I'm your host, Fly T. Miles. This is King Porter Forever Friday. Please, let's have a moment of silence for my brother, Jamel Raymond Bishop, please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Neek is back in the building. Yeah, <laughs> over there? yeah I'm, I'm, I'm good for the most part. Good. I'm maintaining, trying not to play. And that's just what I'm going to roll with. Yeah, man, I was I was with you in spirit. I saw you was going through a few. Well, your yeah. children, friends were going through some things. Yeah, I saw that, Excellent. and that kind of it, it all works out because you've been having your little trials and tribulations, and uh, we all have. But let me get to the bottom of this. We have Arthur. Name is love. Darius Brooch is with us today. How you doing today, sir? Good. How are you guys? Happy to be here. I'm great, man. I thank you for taking time out on this Friday to kick it with us. I appreciate that. It's an opportunity. It's a blessing. It's a privilege. It's a right I know. I mean, I know you can be moving and grooving. You here with us. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, Nick, let me let you know, right? Uh, shout out to my man Carlton because without Carlton. This would not have happened. Carlton reached out to me and, you know, gave me a little background on Darius. So he came to the store the other day and just through casual conversation and energy, we going back and forth. I had to say, hold up. Some of this for the show. Because, listen, he lost a close friend. World knows I lost my brother four years ago. Darius, you don't, you, you're just getting privy, but my brother was killed on August 8th, 2016, which was a Friday. Since that Friday when I left Sinai Hospital and they pronounced him dead, I made every Friday King Porter Forever Friday. So I, I dedicate Fridays to him. And I'm writing a book myself. So when I met you and you know, you were telling me about your loss, I felt it because I went through the same thing. So, you know, while we were conversing, I'm like, damn. And the more you were talking, how you were twin. I had twins. I lost one of my twins. Wow. So it was like, it wasn't nothing but God. It was that night. That brought this together. Yeah. So first of all, let the world know a little bit about yourself and walk us through pain is love. All right. So I I'm 18 years old. I just graduated from Newtown High School in Owens Mills, Maryland. Um, I was born, but I was raised in New Jersey for majority of my life. Um, I'm now attending Bowie State University. Yeah, I'm playing football at this university. Um, um, in about December 10th of 2018, my close friend Taiwan Linton he passed away in a um, in an accident. Um, and it was real hard on everybody. Um, he played football with me, you know. Um, and I didn't like talking about the situation, so I just started writing 
Um, my mom gave me a journal. She said, write how you feel. If you don't want to talk about it, you know how that goes. When you lose somebody, it's hard to talk about it or put it in the words, you know? So um, eventually, more people started to pass away. My friends' friends started to pass away, and I wanted to help them because I'm like, yo, I know how that feels, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, okay. Um, so my writing, it transitioned from me writing for me to me writing for other people, for me trying to help other people. And that's right. what, you know, that's what the book came along. Um, the book, his mom actually sent me a picture of this vision board right here. Um, mm-hmm. And the vision board, Taiwan wrote a couple months after, before he passed away. Um, and if you look at it, it's different episodes that he wrote with, with like episode names to it. So I took it upon mm-hmm. myself to make those episode names the, the names of the chapters. Um, and I just, in each chapter, it's a different step stone towards how to grieve properly um, so that we could eventually use the pain that we felt from losing these people we love for good, you know? And that's why I named mm-hmm. the book Love because I believe that for every bit of pain, there's good and there's love that can come from it, you know? Um, there's, also, there's always the upside to your pain or else it's for no reason, you know? That's, right. that's a positive outlook. Yeah. Definitely. So <laughs> let me ask you, um, what was it about him? You you know, so close to him and made you want to write this. Because he was a very true and honest person. It's not every day that you run into these very thorough and good people, you know, like you just you just naturally connect with them, you know. Like as far as me, I always mm-hmm. felt like I was different from everybody else, you know. I always felt like I was um, an outlier, somebody that um, was just different. I always felt like I was destined to do some some good some good things, you know. But when it came to him, he was the realest person I've ever met. He was, he 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 would go through things in his life, um, and he wouldn't even want to talk about it, you know. Like a month before he passed away, he lost his cousin, and he never spoke about it. I didn't even know, you know. Like he, mm. he didn't type of thing because he didn't want the attention, you know. Like he would be an ear for other people. Um, when he was going through a lot of more, like a lot more things, you know, like he'll be an ear for somebody else's problems, even though he went through way more than that, you know, like he was just that kind of person. He was very selfless. He was very genuine. Um, and he was always happy. So that smile, that smile in the book, he was contagious. It was contagious, you know, he was older than me. Obviously, this is a kid picture, but that's the smile he got, you know, always smiling, always happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, man. I, hey, listen, I know his family definitely appreciate what you did. I know they did, man. That, that's a beautiful thing. That's that's a great tribute. So mm-hmm. um, let me ask you, uh, is this, are you going to write more books or? Uh, I get that question, next? question a lot, but to be honest, I just started school, so I took a little break because it's my you know, freshman year, you know, but if I were to write one, I think for sure it'd be about the, the the social justice, you know, the police brutality, and I'll just write different steps towards how we can get um, past out what are the, the the right the right ways to go about this situation. And like if we if we're gonna get yeah. past, if I were to write one, I think for sure it'd be about any questions, uh, Nick? Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all. Congratulations oh. on getting into boot. My daughter is in her last year up there, so um, you're gonna love this school. You're gonna love this school. Um, also, did you have any type of therapy or counseling 
when you was going through your like your morning? Yeah. Like, did you reach out to like any professional help, or it just it just fall into the book? Uh, as far as my grieving and my and my my process of trying to get get over it and stuff, um, I didn't have a lot of a lot of help. You know, um, my help was through those who felt the loss of him passing away as well. You know, like all of our mutual friends, his little brother, his mother. Those are the type of people who I surrounded myself with after he passed away to help me grieve. You know, um, and the book isn't necessarily about him. You know, like it's a tribute to him. And I wrote this very deep and personal chapter in chapter three um, dedicated to him. I have a dedication for him, but it's broader than that. It's bigger than that. You know, like we go through this every day. Like, you know, he, when Ty told me about it, it's like we all go through this. Like it's not it's not a global issue. It's a part of life. You know, yeah. I, won't pass I, away. Think, go ahead. I think we have a caller. Mon, is it the caller still on the line? He may have hung up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Nah, you good. Um, I just realized that the pain I felt when I lost Taiwan was a similar pain that, you know, everybody feels nowadays, you know, like similar pain that my cousin felt when her father died, that I can go on a list of everybody that we've lost in the area, you know, but I ain't, I ain't going to say no names, but it's just you, you probably, everybody loses people, you know, so it's not, it's right. a part of, you know, I'm, I might lose somebody next year. I might lose somebody when I'm 65. Um, I might be that person that we lose, you know, it's a part of life. So this book will forever be beneficial to everybody. And I think, with, with, like, for me, I've been experiencing this since, like, nine years old. When I was nine, my best friend was murdered, um, raped, strangled, cut up, like, so much stuff. And as a nine-year-old, seeing this, I didn't know, I didn't really understand it. I didn't know how... I felt like somebody that was so talented, so full of life, like, why is this happening to her? Like, why did this happen right. to her? And she was like a genuine little girl, very smart and everything. And it's just like, I couldn't process it back then. Like, I didn't know what to, how, what to think. And then to go to the funeral, I just, that was a whole nother experience because what I remember of her is not what I saw. So then it was even mm. more so not real. It's like, what? This is not her. Like, so at, at nine, it, wow. it was it was rough. It was very rough. And then throughout the years, you know, losing my brother, um, just losing my goddaughter, um, just like so much stuff just always it's always trauma and tragedy and a lot of times we never really comes to terms with it and i just feel like with that type of hurt is you know people always say time heals all wounds i don't feel that way i feel That's like a lie. only prepares you and enable you to learn how to cope with it and deal with it it doesn't doesn't heal anything it to me i don't feel when it's the loss of a loved one or a friend that happened unexpectedly like they weren't sick, you know, it just happened out the blue. It's just like for a minute, you kind of like think like, well, what is the lesson that I'm supposed to learn from this? Because this hurt too much to even think of what is the, what, what's the bright side of this? Because it's always supposed to be right. a lesson or a bright side in all things. And it's just like, 
when you combine that into what be kind of being a denial, then really not grieving properly, and then just the hustle and bustle of life does not really allow you that time to actually deal with stuff. It's just like, okay, right. work. okay, gotta do this. Like, you really don't have that time that it takes, I feel like, a lot. And if you do, a lot of people are not, they, they don't want it. Like, they want to deal with things how they, you know, how they want to deal with it. And it, I just think a lot of times, bottled, you know, keeping it bottled up and not at least talking to somebody, it just winds up, it, it, ends, it ends up hurting you more. I really feel like it ends up hurting mm-hmm. you. It does. It does. Like, you losing, you naming those three people, and I'm sure you lost more people in your life, but um, let me ask you, like, did... Did anyone hurt any more, any less, or did the pain remain the same? Um, it of course it was different because you know nine years old versus oh yeah yeah a grown woman like with my friend that was my friend at nine years old but like my like like I was a part of her life um so on that level it even with my brother like I kind of raised him so it wasn't just like I lost a brother it was like i lost a son also mm-hmm. so that was like it hit me hard double time so it's just like yeah it was it definitely was different levels to the pain but as i got gotten older i understand i don't always understand life situations but i do know that one thing that is guaranteed when we come into this world is death like no matter how it happens it that is promise you you're gonna eventually go and i think once i started looking at things like that like this is just a momentary time for us that you know mm-hmm. it will go on it helped me a little bit more just to understand it but it didn't hurt any it still hurt it still hurts like every day every day and it, it's mm-hmm. time to tell. like i i, I guarantee it, it feels like it was just yesterday that you lost those people you know and we all, we all feel like that. I, I can remember the day that he passed away. Um, uh, I was talking to him that same day, and it's just like, it's so surreal. Like, how is he gone? I was just talking to him, you know? Like, that's how it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. So surreal. And it's always it's always the people who you felt would that would, would, would always be there, you know? Right. Right. Other people. And I'm not saying those people deserve to live any more than anybody else. I'm just saying it always seems people that you're attached to, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, somebody in the area who, who, who was like, everybody just looked up to this person. He passed away very recently. His name was Jordan Kofi. He was an amazing person. Um, I didn't, I wasn't close with him. I got a chance to play football with him for a year, but he was just somebody who you would never think would be gone. You know, everybody looked up to him. Everybody, like, he was just, he was like a celebrity around here. You know, he was a great person. Um, and my prayers go out to him and his, his, his close friends and his family, you know, but that just goes to show how this this is this topic this this grieving process is real you know like you you'll never know when that when somebody will be gone and you got to really cherish life you know those friends that we have those those family members um you got to always cherish them yeah you know like this this um this book when it came to me grieving i felt like me me keeping those emotions barred up, it would hurt me, like you said, you know? So this is my way of expressing how I felt. And that's why mm-hmm. when I released the book, it was the scariest thing in the world. It's like, I'm vulnerable now. Like, I 
I just let all my emotions out on paper, you know. Um, but I feel like it's very beneficial because, like you said, a lot of people want to grieve their own way. They're very stubborn. They don't want to talk to anybody, you know. Um, but I feel like there's the right way to go about it. There's the right way to go about it. I feel like the very first step, first and foremost, if you have you have to embrace your pain. You have to embrace. If you don't embrace it, it will all be for no reason. It will all be for in vain, you know. Um, one thing Taiwan's mother told me um, is. She hopes that night when Taiwan passed away, I went and I went to go be with Taiwan's mother and his little brother. Um, and Taiwan's mother never shed it one tear. And it was the it was the most the, the greatest thing I've ever seen. That was strength right there. And at that moment, I realized where Taiwan got his strength from because he was a strong individual as well. But I, I got a chance to ask her, how could she how could she do that? You know, and that was her her oldest son. Um, and it was the night of, you know, um, and she she told me that it was a bigger picture at hand, you know, um, and she was trying to be strong for us because she didn't want us to go down that wrong path because she was broken. She knew that we'd be broken. And she just knew that she said all she prays for now is that all those who were touched by the loss of her son go out and do some good in the world so that her, mm-hmm. her death won't be in vain, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, like, that's 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 something I had to take into my own hands. Um, because as long as this book is out and it's touching lives, his name is always out there. His death will never be for no reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, control what you control. We you can't control the lives that were lost, you know. Um, he's gone, and there's nothing I can do about it. But what I can do about it is make sure that his name stays alive forever. Um, and I can always do things like this, play football, um, stuff like that, uh, just to make sure that his name stays alive. You know, like with Ty doing his thing, doing this, mm-hmm. you know. Clothing line, everything, moment of silence, stuff like that matters. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, as long as you don't choose to be numb, you don't choose to be numb, then you'll be okay. <laughs> I'm feeling because when I my was brother, numb. My brother passed. I wanted to escape the reality of what happened so much that I just did nothing but party. I mean, party hard. Mm. Like, I still took care of my handle my business from friday night to sunday night i just didn't want to think about it i didn't want to face reality about it i just was partying like hard and this happened Mm. this one for a while until one day i just had to wake up like okay you doing too much like you need to really deal with it like stop trying to escape it stop trying to make it seem like it, it didn't happen. Like, stop trying to think that this is just a bad dream that you didn't wake up from. And it wasn't until that moment that I knew that I had to do, I was going about it the wrong way. Now, with my daughter, she lost two friends. One of, one guy that went to buoy with her, he was a freshman. Um, no. um, gosh, he got, it was like a, a hit and run. It was Keyshawn Nolan. Yes. Yeah, um, okay. I played football with him. He went to Newtown as well. Um, he was in a year. He was a year older than that. That um, that young man named Cofield that I named. Mm-hmm. Um, and the freshman when he was a senior. Keyshawn was a senior. Um, he went to Newtown. And I was able to meet him. Um, he wore number five. Like I wore number five. He was a great person. And he, he was. He's one of those people who you're like would never would never be gone. You know, like why him? You know. Um, he was an amazing person and stuff like that. It's like, wow, that's surreal. And it's still surreal to this day because after he passed away, they hosted a, um, a candlelight vigil at Newtown High School in August of 2019. 
And in this last last month, August of 2020, um, we were back in Newtown for a candlelight vigil for Jordan Cofield, two of great and amazing people who you would mm. think gone, you know? I mean, right. that, it, it's so, it's so unpredictable, you know? It's so, it's so surreal, it's so strong, but you can't control them being gone. And you have to think of it yeah. as like, what would they want you to do? They wouldn't want you to be depressed, um, mm-hmm. going out to party and trying to hide from the pain. If it's gonna, mm-hmm. it's the pain. If the pain is there, you know, it's, it's a suit fit wear. You know, if the pain is there, you have to embrace it. Um, right. you, because got to think of it like, what would they want from you? You know, what would they want? Mm-hmm. They would want you to do great things for them. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and then, can I? Can I I'm, 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 I'm gonna interject. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, no, now when I will, I'm gonna keep it real. When you said. What would they want you to do? When my brother died, I fought. I fought with it because my brother was killed, and I'm gonna keep it real. For about months, I can't even put a time on the months. I'm riding around with a gun, looking for who I thought killed my brother. Right? I'm gonna tell you how God worked. My brother had a clothing line. I knew who they said killed my brother. One day, I'm just driving. Westside Shopping Center, a market there. I see the dude pushing a stroller. Oh, wow. All right, look, I, I get out my car. I got King Porter, I'm King Porter down. Mm-hmm. We go in the, he go in the market first, I go in afterwards, but I'm so close behind him that this lady was between us and she swung an umbrella. So when she swung the umbrella, it almost hit me in my privacy, so I moved. But when I spent, I'm face to face with him. That's the first. I'm big off emotions. So it was something small. But the look he gave me, I was like, okay, I don't know for sure if that's him. Long story short, he was in that market for about 30 minutes. I left my car. I followed this dude for three blocks. I ran into my cousin that just came home from jail from like three, four years. I'm behind the dude. My cousin coming this way. My cousin ain't seen me, cuz. <laughs> he hold me up. Yo, what's going on? Long story short, dude, get away, right? Fast forward. I run into this dude at another market. This time I'm on Monument Street. Okay. King pulled it down again. Yeah. But this time I went to him. And the look that he gave me, I knew that he didn't have nothing to do with it. But the revert to what you were saying, I was like, man, my brother would want me to kill this nigga. I'm in kill mode. I meet the dude. We have a conversation just by his body motions. I was like, he ain't do it, which made me think, well, damn, well, what would my brother really want me to do? I said, mm-hmm. I think he would really want me to be great. Instead of chasing a ghost, I got to get focused and do what I'm supposed to do. So I was fighting with that for a minute. Like, yeah, I can only, like, oh, that is, uh, I can only imagine. I got four brothers. Um, one being a twin brother, you know, and my my twin brother has been through one of the most challenging summers. Um, and I get emotional thinking about it, you know, like he's been through a very challenging summer this summer, you know. Um, and not a lot of people. He doesn't. He's very. He's the complete opposite of me. Are you? Uh-huh. Uh huh. He told. He chose to um to uh stop playing football, which was a, a great decision for him. Um, and trying to explore different options as to what he wants to do in his future you know but this summer i just i came to the reality of you know like 
we always said, if he go, I go, you know? I always felt like, if my brother not living, how can I, you know? Um, he always said the same thing. Um, until one day, we were speaking about that, and my little brother came into the room. And it's like, if something were to happen to my twin brother, how could I leave the world when I have a little brother here, you know? How could I leave the world and put my little brother through that pain? Um, and that, that made me right. have to be stronger, you know? Because I was so prepared to whatever would have happened to my brother, if, it, if I would have to go up, like if, some, if, if he would have been killed, my plan was to, to get my revenge and then escape this world because there was no way I could continue living without my twin brother in this world as well, you know? But I have a little right. brother. Always like like Taiwan's mother said, it's always a bigger picture at hand, regardless of how strong the pain is. It's always mm-hmm. a at hand, right? Even through the even through the power and the strength and love and a, a twin brother type of relationship, there's a bigger picture at hand. I have a little brother who's ten years old. You know, like mm-hmm. that stuff matters. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that it's always a big picture at hand. Yeah. It's hard. To see it. It's hard to see it when you lose somebody so close to you. <laughs> it's hard to see it. Like that, yeah. find, find it. Um, your big, your bigger picture. I was blinded for years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I can only imagine how, how so many people feel, you know. Um, and this is another thing. My twin brother, he doesn't even know. He, he's been lost as to what he wants to do with his future, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I don't know my purpose, and that's something that a lot of people go through. They not knowing what they want to do in yeah. their future. So what I did is. Like when Taiwan passed away, it's easy for me to go to the gym. I'm in the gym right now. This is the gym. <laughs> I'm in yeah. the gym. Right now. It's easy for me to go to the gym to cope with my pain. But when I love football, I know I can go to the field, work out, and it'll put my pain a little bit to ease, you know. But when you don't know what your purpose is, it will drive you crazy. I have all this pain, but how, how do I address this pain? You know. Right. So at seven, I wrote a letter to my brother, a letter to my twin brother. And to all those people who don't know their purpose in life, um, to just let them know how much I appreciate them and to let them know what they can do, you know, because a lot of they probably going crazy. That suicide stuff is real. Not they would drive <laughs> crazy, yeah. you know. Um, and yeah. that I, I address a lot of things. I address how how much stronger they are than me, you know, because it's easy for me to go to the gym. But when they have to fight every day with themselves about how do I cope with this pain that I have, I have all the passion and pain in the world, but I have nowhere to put it towards. Um, that's real strength. That's real strength right there. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. I showed it that in the Bible, the word fear um, is in the Bible 365 times on purpose to emphasize that every day there's going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a challenge. There's going to be something mm-hmm. you got to do. That's mm-hmm. something that those people right. uh, perfect. Not necessarily me, because I can go out and do this type of stuff. But those people who don't know their purpose, those are the people that are really strong. And once they find their purpose, if they don't quit, it's done. Those are the great mm-hmm. people. The people. That's the limit. Yeah, yeah you gotta stick with it. And a lot of times when it's not you know, money or it's you know, you you can't expect it to really go where it needs to go if you can't dedicate yourself to it fully. And then it's like you want to, but then you still got to pay the bills. So it's just like a lot of people do end up giving up or I mean, just like all kinds of things, all kinds of things um, can just happen. You can feel like the fear of it not working, just the fi- fear right. of not knowing if this is going to work will make you not do it. It will make you not do it. 
Right. You're definitely right. I didn't. I I think I found my purpose by mistake. Mm-hmm. For years, I was I was lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do. One foot was in the street. One foot was working at McDonald's. It took. I mean, and shout out to my brother, my brother Andre Miles. Listen, mm-hmm. I graduated from Dunbar in nineteen ninety five. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went back down Dunbar to just make sure he was good. I wound up fighting somebody that I used to gamble with in school. So they put me, they locked me up, but they put me on, uh, what's that, community service? Yeah. And I just moved down the street from a middle school. It just so happened, like my father knows a lot of people. So I get to this middle school, this guy recognizes me, he knows that I'm, you know, who my father was. He was a counselor in the middle school and an assistant basketball coach. I played basketball coming up. So he then allowed me to help him with his caseload and assist him on the basketball team. So after my community service was over, Calverton Middle School hired me for, well, I was there for like nine years. And I noticed how I saw a lot of kids that reminded me of me. And I just had a way of reaching them better than their teachers. So reaching the youth is my purpose. (laughs) <laughs> I've been in the school system since 1995, mm-hmm. and I've been mentoring since 1995. Like I don't want the goody two shoe Give me the, give me the one that you think a knucklehead. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna listen to them, and I'm I know I can relate. So a lot of these kids basically just are looking for an ear. So my purpose is dealing with the youth. Now mm-hmm. I may not go back to the school system this year because business is is nice. Shout out to the Republic of Great Men. Get your Republic of Great Men gear, 18 West 25th Street. So I got to give that up because now we're working for ourselves. So we all, you know, we grind to possibly work for ourselves. So that's where I'm at with it now. But the kids, I like y'all. I'm giving up the basketball and doing what I need to do. But it took me a minute to find my purpose. You still need to have that a part of your life some kind of way. You got to because I just feel like, yeah, having the clothing store is good and the brand and everything and business and people support you and showing you love. But was that, that wasn't what you, what made you the happiest. Like what made you the happiest was changing kids' True. life. So I just feel like the, the happiness is definitely doing something that you love to do. And if that's a part of that, something that you love to do, you got to find some kind of way. I don't know if it's just the weekend or one day a week. I'm whatever. trying. You cannot be, you cannot be given gifts, like naturally, born with a certain gift, and then be selfish right. with it. You can't do that. True. It don't go like yeah. that. So you got to yeah. find a way in there to incorporate it some kind of way. I'm trying. I'm I'm really trying. I'm I am. And um what I even said I what I would do was if children or kids do want to learn how to even though we don't do the heat press no more, I will offer my services that way or to try to teach them if they want to get in the radio broadcasting, I can do it that way. I'm really trying to figure out how to split my time up between the shop and everything else because this is mainly home where I'm at and the shop and my right. children. That's it. So yeah, I do. That's real. But good. I'm gonna get it together. That's real. Yeah. Good. I, I got find- eight. 
You don't know it, Darius. I got seven kids, man. Eight, seven, eleven. So I got to bust my tail, man. I know, I got and to I bust my tail. I know a lot of people that try to start clothing lines as well. You know that that offering your services would be big. You know, um, I was actually I was speaking with somebody very recently. Um, and you'd be surprised on how many people, young people, at that who I've been able to um, meet. Some of my books. Who just said, "I want to write a book now. I want to be an author now." You know. Oh, hey, we got a phone call. Okay. Hello. 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 Yes, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, good brother? Can you hear us? He said, "Turn the radio down a little." What's going on, man? Oh man, you know me. I'm listening to y'all get it in with my boy. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. you. Got Mr. Carlton on the phone, the man that made all this possible. Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. Cause hey, you doing what you doing? Mm -hmm. Hey, mm -hmm. oh, and I want to thank you, man. This is not the end. We we this just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. But like I said, let me tell you, this young man here. This young man here is what our youth is really about that they don't talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, right. man. But I just want to call and let you know, like, man, I appreciate you, Ty. Me and you've always no been problem. good. And it's all love, baby. <laughs> always, man. Hey, you might want to come take advantage of this sale we got going on, good brother. <laughs> Come there you go. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you are who you are. <laughs> My man. Thank you for calling. Always, brother. Yeah. Right. You definitely is the plug when it comes to a lot of shit and stuff. You definitely My is the brother. You will hook, you will put two people together like, oh, you do this. Oh, she do this. Let y'all should meet. And then the next thing you know. It's a whole they didn't just went on about like yeah, you, you definitely are the goat when it comes to that that you I like to see people I like I like to see people win and grow. Like if I know two people that are doing something that you know they can benefit off each other, why not? And look, I don't want nothing from you. Just grow, mm -hmm. make it great. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's just, hey. You got me wanting to be your man, you shorty. I don't want no money. I just want, I just want the authority to reach out to who I need to reach out for for you. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, she's a got, she's a video vixen. She is a video vixen. She can tell you that, yeah, Darius. No, I can really say that a lot of my modeling gigs and. Like the video shoots, is this all because of your plug? Like it's all because of you introducing me to this person or that person or we had somebody on the show and then they like, well, I need somebody like, oh, my co-host got somebody for you. Like, and I definitely appreciate you for that. If I ain't told you, I appreciate you for telling me. Look, especially when I'm getting jobs that I'm getting paid for, it's not just like, okay, you get a, a couple of free items of clothing. No, I'm I'm getting paid per hour. Paid so, gigs, right? 
<laughs> That's what it's about. Listen, if I can help you get to the moon, you gone. Mm-hmm. Just tell me how it was when you get back. That's all. <laughs> you know? Oh, Darius, question. Where can people find your book? Um, right now, my website will be up Monday. But as of right now, everybody has been contacting me through my Instagram. And my Instagram name is Darius the 1K, D-A-R-I-U-S the 1K, T-H-E-1-K, Darius the 1K. And everybody's DMing me through that. Um, and I've, I've shipped the, the, the um, copies out to um, about nine different states so far, um, all the way out to Colorado, to Arizona, to Texas. Texas being, I think, the furthest right now. But yeah, um, I've been shipping the book out to a lot of different places. Um, and of course, in the general area, um, a handful, uh, hundreds of copies have been distributed. Um, and me distributing the copies myself um, was big for me because um, I, a lot of people don't know this, but I was, my book has been accepted from some very prestigious publisher companies. But that offer remains. I want to do distributions myself first to see who really supports yeah. me. Like, and yeah, truck with my little brother showing him how you can really do it yourself. You know that's what it's all about. You know that's what it's about. Right now, that's what it's about. I put my money towards it. Um, and me distributing the book by myself helps me financially um, make that money back, break even, and then profit. You know, um, right? Up to companies that did accept me, those offers are forever available. Um, so when my book does come yeah. in, those um. Amazon, you know, ebooks, all of that. And then other people want to support me. Um, I can I know who was there for me for the jump. You know, I got the list in my phone and my notes to everybody who supported <laughs> how many copies they got, all of that, you know. So okay. it's, it's big doing That's it the right stuff. It will it will be bigger than that. It will be bigger than just me cut um selling it from the truck. The website coming, um, the company is coming, you know, um, and then Amazon, Martin Noble, that's all that's all we'll follow, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Uh, That's what's up, man. So, for sure. Yeah, I'm rooting for you, bro. I feel like it's, um, I think it's it's definitely a good look because not only are you young, but you're a black man, you know. And I just feel like, like said, like um, get called to sit. Like people don't never really show the good stuff. That the you know younger kids are doing or the younger generation is always negative. It's always negative. Even when it's not negative, it's always negative. So it's just like mm-hmm. that's a breath of fresh air. And then to to experience something, to write about something that you experience from your point of view and from your actual feel, not just something you read in the textbook or something like that. Like this was your actual. This is something that you really went through. People can relate. Young people can relate. Those people that don't want to talk to a therapist and don't want to talk to their parents and just want to, you know, go into that box. It gives them an outlet to let them know, hey, this is what you could do to help you cope with it better. And I think that's that's a good look. Absolutely. Right. Definitely. Um, me being young, confidence is something that. I was I always struggled with um, throughout the most part of my life, but I felt like it was my obligation to release this book to help those people who felt the same type of pain that I felt from losing somebody so close to me. Um, and me, eighteen, me being an African American, you know, um, me being somebody that not a lot of people would expect this from, it's gonna make all those people around me, all those young people, 
um, be like, no, I can do anything. I know there is. I can hit him up right now. He's going to respond. You know, I got a few friends that's in this community right now. You know, like me writing a book, it can make them feel like, yo, I can reach the stars. You know, I'm 18. I can yeah. do something like that. I can do anything. You know, that's what it's all about. I don't I don't try and speak all super professional in the book. I speak how I speak with you guys now. I, I want I want the message to get across. That's all that matters, the content. If the message is getting across, I'm changing lives, and that's all that matters, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in the book, I try and generalize. Um, I try and make the reader feel comfortable as possible. Like in the very first sentence, I introduce myself. I say my name. I say my age. I say where I'm from. I say the type of music I listen to. Meek Mill, you see I got the Dream Chase City. <laughs> right, right, right. Make the reader comfortable, you know? And then throughout the whole course of the book, I'm dropping gems. I'm dropping knowledge that a lot of people wouldn't expect from me, you know? Mm-hmm. But because they feel comfortable reading it, they're like, yo, this is good. This is good stuff, you know? Um, and I know, I know I, I, I've had this knowledge for a while, but I was, I wasn't confident. I was very, you know, I was very nervous about just opening up, you know, because I ain't, I ain't want to get that, 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 I ain't want to get pushed away. I ain't want to feel like I was doing something wrong. I want to make sure I was doing it right, you know, so it took time, but I'm happy it went about the way it did, you know, I'm happy, um, I got the motivation I needed. I got the um the help I needed from those around me who who felt that loss from Taiwan passing as well, um to help motivate me to do some a project like this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, the, the impact it's gonna have on people. Yeah. So let me with writing the book. I know you said a lot of it came from like your journal. Was there ever any moments where you just like broke down? Or you just was like, okay, I can't, I need, I can't do this right now. I gotta regroup and then come back into it because I can imagine that it's just like you kind of reliving, you know, you reliving your feelings and what what happened and you know how you were feeling at that time and and you know other people's lives that was affected by it. Like I could imagine that that wasn't an easy process. Like how long did it take you to write the book? Um, I wrote. It took a year. It took one year. I mm-hmm. started. The- around summertime of 2019 and you know it, it i published it and released it um summer of 2020 but the process the process wasn't as hard as people would think it would be you know me writing about pain in general was fairly easy because i know that pain you know that pain i know that pain you know, everybody knows that pain you just got to know how to put it into words and that's a gift that i fortunately had in me you know but as far as we live in that moment Chapter three was very hard. And you reach chapter three, the very, I think the very third, first thing I said was, um, this is the third chapter in this book, but it's the last one I'm writing because it is. I had to skip that chapter because I couldn't. That's why I had to take a pause at because that mm-hmm. chapter was very personal. And that was me relieving that moment that night that I mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. But when I did, when I did write that chapter, it took very long. It took a lot of pausing, a lot of, a lot of emotions, you know, um, and a lot of people have asked me, have you read your own book? And they don't mean it like, have you read it? They mean like, have I read it in this form since I made the copies and received the copies? Um, and I didn't get a chance to, but I did read chapter three. And I had to <laughs> cry. Even though I know what the next word was going to be, even though I know what I wrote, um, me me living, me reliving that moment was hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even though you... Even though a lot of people don't know Taiwan, like I, you guys probably don't know Taiwan, but when you read that chapter, what you guys will be thinking about is that person that you've lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. This is hard. This will have that same effect, and that's that's what it's all about. Um, when I, when yeah. me, 
me having it in chapter three, I have it in chapter three for him because that was his favorite number. That was everything. Um, but me getting the readers so engaged so early, um, it sets a tone for the rest of the book. Right. Rest of the right. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Man, and we need that book in we need that book <laughs> in these schools, man. Yeah, I actually um I sent copies out to Texas and it will be in a Texas school library soon. That's what's up. I'll, I'll okay. get that library soon. But it's gonna be a bigger thing. It's gonna be a bigger thing. I didn't even set up the website yet and about hundred plus copies have been sold, you know. And that's just for mm. me. I, at the trunk of the car, you know, with no website, with no help, just me. Me going mm-hmm. to the is me yeah. packing up my crib, you know, stuff like that. Um, and my little brother seeing that process, all it's going to do is show him the way. It ain't mm-hmm. no process yep. working, but you do it for yourself too, you know. You don't got to ask somebody to do it. Right. You know, I'm self-published at the end of the day. I'm self-published. I didn't write my rights off, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't allow anybody to distribute the money. I mean, distribute the books for me so I can have it. Mm-hmm. Doing any of that, but I soon maybe I will because it, it it gets a little bit overwhelming, you know. But um, right. and have the funds to do that. But you got you got to get how you live first. You got to get how you live, you know. Yeah. So have you? I'm gonna say. I know with the COVID and everything, a lot you know with the social distance. But have you thought about doing like a book signing or anything like that? Yeah, um, I plan on doing a book signing soon at Newtown High School. Um, a, a school coach who I want to shout out. His name is Sunny Savage. Um, he 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 made a very big donation for the books for me. Um, he picked I ain't want I don't want to say the donation. He a thousand dollars for um, and he 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 wanted fifty copies, fifty signed copies. Um, he wanted to make sure him and his son both got a copy. Who both um, his son played football next to me. He like a little brother to me, but he just wanted to make sure that the football team. Had copies, and I felt like that was mm-hmm. bigger. Um, I had a, a couple of them are in the gym with me right now. They walking past, you see me say, "What's up, Tom?" But, yeah, you know. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's that's a good idea to take it back to the high school. Like that, that was smart. That's that's a good that's a good idea. That's a yeah. real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a real good. has lost so many people. Newtown personally. As the high school they're has on the news. They're on the news quite <laughs> quite often. What they like, doing out there in Orange man? Because you you expect that, and I don't mean to be like judging no area better than another, whatever, whatever. But we all know yeah. the cities and what comes with it, and then we know about you know the county. So it's just like. So much be happening at that school. I mean, like, is this a low key like in a city school or the low like? <laughs> a lot of stuff be happening. I just be like, wow, like, yeah. yeah. And and, and it's always when they like the news people are, are like interview the kids and stuff, and they be so emotional. They half of them can't even talk about it. You know, it's just tears and everything. Like, they really. It does. It really does affect them. It really does. Yeah, it's real big. Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it's an inner city school. I don't know what it is about Newtown or why we've lost so many people. Um, and that's something that we can't control. But um, at the end of the day, you got to control, and you control how you go about it. Uh, go about losing these people, and that was big for me because when people, when people, when we did, when Newtown lost people, 
before Taiwan, I didn't know what that pain felt like. You feel me? I couldn't relate. Mm. But when mm. I did, like, you don't know that pain until you go through it. I promise. It's not it's not real until you, until you go through it, you know? And then when I when I lost my friend, it's like, dang, that pain I felt, it's a similar pain that my cousin felt when her papa died, that a lot of people from Carver felt mm. when he passed away, that Milford felt when Rahan passed away back at Newtown when Moses and Jamal passed away, and Breon, yeah. um, Keyshawn, uh, you know, the names go on and on. And it's like, mm-hmm. as, a, as a youth, have lost so people, but it's not just a youth, it's us as human beings. You know, this is not a global issue. This is a part of life. And this will forever be beneficial. Mm-hmm. This will forever be beneficial to everybody because as you know, like, like I said earlier, um, it, it's going to happen in life, you know. I might lose my next year. I might lose my when I'm 65. I might be that person that we all lose, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's a part of life, you know. So this book will forever be beneficial. And it will never it will never die down because it's a life topic. It's a life thing, you know. And, mm-hmm. it's always, and the pain will always be, it will, it will always feel the same. It's never going to be any easier and time doesn't heal. You just have right. to go up in the right way, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. right, absolutely. Absolutely. Time definitely don't heal. Nothing. It Not haven't healed me yet, so I definitely feel you. <laughs> yep. Let me ask you though, what's what's some can you give me some uh coping mechanisms? All right, so um uh, uh, each chapter is a different stepping stone towards how to grieve, right? Um mm-hmm. the very first chapter I addressed a very big issue, and that's embracing your pain. Embracing your pain. Um as far as the second chapter, I went into the unconscious decision that we make naturally when we feel pain. And the unconscious decision is, are we going to feel the pain or are we going to become numb? You know, and a lot of us choose to become numb or feel so overwhelmed that we feel forced to become numb. And that's something that we can't do. If we want to use the pain as motivation, you can't do it if you're numb. You have to feel the pain wholeheartedly. You have to feel the pain if you want to then use it to be um, a vessel to somebody else or uh, as motivation for what you want to do in life. You feel me? Um, right, so right. third, the third chapter, I just, I didn't necessarily talk about a step. That was me giving insight on my pain, you know? Um, the fourth chapter, I broke it down to the company that we keep. You know, that that that's big in that grieving process, you know? you Me getting mm. around my friends who felt that same pain at the same time, we were feeling together, we were helping each other. You know, like mm-hmm. I can't, I can, that, that moment, it was so, sad but at the same time it was good for us to be around each other we were all there for each other mm-hmm. um my twin brother my friend lance my friend jerrell um bryson we were all together all the time at the field in the gym we were all there for each other you know and then we always tried to be there for Taiwan's little brother as well bren you know it was just something you keep matters in the grief process you know um uh, and I feel like nine times out of ten, it's always going to be those people who who lost, who felt that same pain that you felt. You know, mm-hmm. um, not mm-hmm. that, that's not always the case, but I, it, it worked for me, and it might work for you. Um, and that's that's not all I speak about. In chapter four, I speak about just uh, getting around those who who force you to grow naturally. You know, mm-hmm. force you to grow um, because if somebody realizes that you're numb and they don't care. That's that's unhealthy. You know, you gotta get around. You gotta get around love. You know, real love. People who you know, um, who you know, loves you without telling you they love you. You know, right, right, like right. Words and regardless of what they say or how they how they say they care about you, 
if you don't feel it and the energy isn't there, you gotta trust the energy, you know? Energy don't lie. You gotta trust, you gotta trust. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those, those are some things I can dig deeper in the chapter six, seven. Um, I think it's chapter nine is one of the biggest chapters to me because that's about confidence, you know? And a lot of people would be like, yo, why? What does confidence have to do with grieving? Um, and this is this is this because I struggle with confidence. And if it wasn't for me working on my confidence, I would have never, I would have never released this book. You know, I would have never released this mm -hmm. book. And a lot of people struggle with confidence. Like, say I wasn't confident enough to release the book, and I'm still in that drop of depression because it's like, yo, I'm letting him down. You know, like that confidence is big. If it wasn't for your confidence, Ty, you would have never gotten back up in the situation. And now you got this big time clothing line, seem to be big time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we pushing, man. We pushing. Shout out to my brother. We pushing. Uh, let me ask you this: Do you speak on blame any in the book? Because a lot of times when things happen to our loved ones, or oh. we kind of blame ourselves. Like if I was there, or if I would have just answered the phone, or if I, you know, like we we hold. Sometimes we hold blame so deeply that it's just like. Cause I felt it with my brother. Like I felt like it was just, it just was, it happened and at my house, you know, in my home where I was comfortable and it was my place of peace. And it just was like, I blame myself. I'm in the healthcare field. I should know the warning signs when this, 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 this is going on. Well, I should have been, I wasn't even able to do CPR on my brother. Like I completely, choked like i couldn't I, mm. and this is what i do for a profession but i choked i couldn't do it like it was just too much and then for so long i for years i blamed myself i blamed myself and it probably wouldn't have made a difference one way or the other but i just know that it was a part of me that i felt like i as a bigger sister I should have, I should have just known i should have just known and i didn't and that that i held that yeah, I held that blame feeling for years, a lot of years. So I understand that. Mm. I didn't necessarily speak on blame um, specifically, but in chapter one, I would say I, I, I spoke on accepting, you know, because a lot of people can't seem to accept the fact that those people that we've lost are really gone, you know. So in chapter one, uh, speaking on accepting, that went straight along with embracing. You know, you gotta accept it, you got to embrace it. Um, that's first and foremost, that's the biggest thing. Um, not necessarily specifically blame. Um, and I could get into that, but um, I felt like just accepting it overall because you like you said, it might not matter one way or another, you know. Um, it, it happens and it, it's out of our control. So just accepting it and control control from that point on was the biggest thing, you know. Um mm. Every step, every chapter, a different step, and it's more powerful. They all follow each other. Like barely following the, the chapter about confidence was a chapter about humility. Because mm -hmm. if I'm confident, I, I got my confidence, I got my swagger back, and I got the book, I, I got the book, and it goes big time. If I don't remain humble and I don't remain grounded and I don't remember the pain that I felt, I can get caught mm -hmm. up in this success and I can soon forget the pain, the pain that 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 you feel me that I felt when I lost how long, you know. And how can I live with that? How can I live with it, with knowing that I used this tank of motivation? I went about it the right way, but I didn't remain humble enough. I didn't remain grounded to remember where I came from, to remember the days where I was struggling, writing, crying. That night, 
you know, the grieving process, the whole process. Um, if I don't remain grounded, like say, say the book goes global, it goes big time. You know, I get caught up in the money that I forget, that I forget the pain. You know, like so, how, how life is gonna humble us regardless. Yeah. Life, yes. We don't humble ourselves. Life will humble us. So how yes, it will. Yeah. So if life will probably humble me with making me lose another loved one. You know, and how can I live with that? You know, right. so I like confidence and humility with, with both two things. I was big for me. Yeah, That's what's up, man? It keeps going. It keeps going. The, the, each chapter is it, powerful. It's powerful. You know, uh, chapter five is one of my favorites. Uh, just breaking down who you are, breaking down who you are. A lot of us don't even know who we are. You know. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> you're right. So and me figuring out who I was helped me grieve because me knowing the parts of me that. That that makes me hard work, you know, being productive. That matters to me, and those two go hand in hand. If I'm not working hard, it's gonna it's gonna fall back on another asset of my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Working hard at the gym, that's what put my pain to ease a little bit, you know. Like just knowing what you want to do, knowing your purpose, um, that's big. And I feel like this book it can touch a lot more lives than this. Like I, I'm very grateful for how it's doing so far. But I know the impact it can have on people. I know the impact. I know this is a, a, a big time book. I know it's big time, you know. But I can't wait mm-hmm. for it to, uh, to be in other people's hands, the right hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm grateful for the, um, the people it's touched so far um, on my Instagram. I've been posting a lot of feedback from people who have just been uh, giving me insight on their take from the book. And it's been it's been positive so far. So far, it's been real good. Um, it's, I've been checking lives all that matters you know i made a promise back in november uh and i said i was going to change lives when i dropped this book and it's happening um and i, I just hope i was proud i know he's proud you know and this is the upside of my pain and other people grieving the right way they're going to go ahead and embrace their pain and do good and that's going to be an upside of their pain right right absolutely right for for all for viewers that are just joining us please if you'd like to call and please call 443 642 9403. Talk to Mr. Darius again. 443 642 9403. Please call us up. <laughs> Let's get had to get had to plug in the, 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 the viewers if they're just joining us, you know. But man, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. Um, and I feel like me not knowing makes other people comfortable with not knowing because a lot of people go crazy with that idea of, you know, um, what am I going to do? What I, I got to figure it out now, especially in this time period, being 18, about to go to college, you know, everybody, you got teachers, parents, everybody, adults, um, kids, you got to pick a major now. You got to figure it out now. And you don't have to do that. If you stay the course and you believe in God, you don't have to force anything on yourself. A lot of people don't know this, but I'm, I'm currently undecided at my university. And a lot of people are like, how are you undecided? You play football, you got to figure out. You you are all there. You know, how are you not decided? Why aren't you doing journalism? Why aren't you doing something like that? Um, and personally, I don't know if writing is my 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 purpose. You know, I don't know yet. And I'm trying to figure it out. But people looking at me and uh, I bet they feel like I have a major. But me, me, um, them knowing that um, I'm undecided, it's going to make them more comfortable. And mm-hmm. I spoke too. I spoke on that in the book too. Like. Um, mm-hmm. Knowing yourself, knowing yourself, not not rushing the process, but trusting the process, you know, just going to things the right way. Um, 
trust your energy. If you know you're not ready, then don't go ahead and make a decision. You know, um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I don't know where I'm going to be in, in the future. I, I want to be in the NFL. I, want, I know I want to be not necessarily rich money wise, but rich in life. You know, have that have mm-hmm. that, that freedom to do whatever I want, that financial freedom. You know, to do whatever I want. But as far as what I will be doing, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might write another book. Um, right. I might go uh, great as planned. Um, and a lot of people need to realize um, what you have a passion for might not be what your purpose is. And I didn't realize that until I was writing. Uh, oh, interesting. That's interesting. Well, I never thought it like that at all. Yeah, like my uncle, I, I love football. That's that's all I've ever been about, just hard work. I always pride myself in being the hardest worker. But uh, my uncle actually said, uh, he said, uh, writing might be your purpose, even though football is your passion. He said something along those lines. And I had mm-hmm. to ask about it for a minute because if football will forever be my passion. And it's a lot of people's passion, but it, it doesn't necessarily go for everybody, you know? And I'm going to continue to work hard. And if God allows me to make it to those, those um the, the NFL accomplish those things that's a blessing but mm-hmm. if God chooses for me to walk another path I'm gonna walk it I gotta do it you know I gotta right. trust still if you can't control injuries you know so if, if things would have happened I would have to turn towards God you know um and I, I can't I can't then have that 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 spitefulness as to football is it and that's all because mm-hmm. at the end of the day football is gonna end. You know, and I have to have an identity after football. I can't be that person. Um, I was speaking, I was on a Zoom call with my football team not too long ago. We spoke about people who don't know their identity anymore after sports goals. We spoke about Tiger Woods and how after mm. his he was doing drugs, stuff like that, because he didn't know his identity anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From his sport, you know. So I want to always have an identity forever. And as long as this this book gonna always be there regardless if I'm playing football or not and that's big on my part and that's what I'm very proud of but um, yeah. I don't know where I'm gonna be at in five years and that's my answer uh, that's I'm a- cool and that's cool because a lot of that's times cool. like we get so caught up and stressed out about the future that we not living in the present like we mm-hmm. so much stress on ourselves about Oh, I'm this age and I'm not married. Oh, I'm this age and I don't have a house yet. I'm this age and it's just like you, instead of taking that energy that you use that that you're worrying and being depressed about, you can actually do what you have to do now in the present to make sure that you have it in the future. You know, it's just like right. we, we worry a lot. We as a people, we worry a lot, and a lot of times we worry about things that's totally out of our control. I know me; I, that's what that's what I worry about the most. Stuff that I have mm. no control over, no control. and I don't know why. And it it, t- it takes from me putting in the energy to the things that I can control or I can change because I'm so worried about some stuff that is going to be how it is. Like it's nothing I can do about it, and it, it that mm. takes a lot. From my present, it takes a lot of from my present. Just you know, dwelling on what where I should be at in life, and the fact that I'm not where I think I should be. It takes away from me working on it right now because I'm so I'm so messed up in the head about looking at other people's lives. Like, well, damn, I know I'm a better chick than her, and 
Why she had three husbands and I ain't even had one husband? Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on with me? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, just really? timing with life. Everything is about timing. I feel like I've, I've told you this before, Tyree. Like, and you know, I like boxing. So, I always say it's like a boxing match. And you can have a guy that is like beating a mess out somebody for 11 rounds. But then that 12th mm-hmm. round, he just hits him with the perfect time with the right hook or jab or overhand right or whatever. And then game is over that quick. Mm-hmm. Game is over. So I, I do respect timing, the, the timing of life. I, I really do. Whereas right. before, I didn't really get that. I didn't get that things happen when it's supposed to happen. Sometimes things happen that you're not ready to, you're not on the level to perceive it. And you got to just mm-hmm. deal with it. You just got to recognize it and deal with it and not get so consumed with letting it go because it's not it's not time for it. Yeah, so. right. That's something that's big because it's hard not to look at our peers and the people around us, um, their accomplishments, you know, and their success, you know, and then and then um, naturally comparing it to yours. So mm-hmm. in, I, I try to emphasize just staying in your lane, you know, just mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. You, you talk about you not being ready for that accomplishment or that success or that thing that you want yet. That's big because a lot of people who've been reading my book and taking notes and filling me in on their feedback and stuff have been um, emphasizing this one quote or this one saying that I said um, when I said um, the truth is we all need to go through certain things in life to teach us the elements of life that we need to be aware of and those elements are, um, that we need to be aware of to succeed in the areas we want to succeed in. You know, mm. so, so you need to be aware of something. God needs to prepare you for something um, before you can receive that blessing that you want so bad. You mm-hmm. know, those elements of life, those lessons that we need, to, we need to learn are nine times out of ten always in those moments of pain. It's always during the hard times in life, not the good times, you know. Like, you mm-hmm. just know those lessons where life is hard. Like, mm-hmm. those are the lessons, you know. Um and that that's big. That's that's a, that's that's something that I said in the book that I'm very happy about because it's, it's affecting a lot of people. You know, just being aware that those lessons that you need to learn, they're gonna they're gonna be in the in the rainy days, not the sunny ones. You know, right? Um, that's big because that that's because of timing. You know, just stay in your lane and, and and be don't be too prideful to learn. Don't be too 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 stubborn to to accept a lesson that it's a lesson and not. Um, life, you know, like don't don't try, don't be that guy. But yeah, that's that's big, and I'm very mm-hmm. happy that um, that's helping a lot of people. Um, and that's big time as well, you know. Right, because we always look at something bad. I just feel like with everything in life, good or bad, like it's a lesson to, to to be taken from it. And it's just like we get so caught up in the either uh, breakup or we get so caught up in the, the death or so caught up in it that we don't see the bigger picture. And then what happens? Life will show us this lesson again and it will keep on showing you until you get it. And, it, and I just think that a lot of times you gotta, once you can get out of your, your feeling so much that you can logically think you, it's always a lesson somewhere. It's, it's always mm-hmm. something to be taught. In, 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 in anything in life. It's just that you have to be aware of that and you have to trust the lesson in it. Yeah. And trust, mm-hmm. learn the lesson. 
really, because I mean, a person can do something, show you something 10 times. And if you just ain't ready, don't want to receive it, it's just like, oh, well, here comes 11, 12, you know, you got to be able to, to, to recognize it, accept it, and really, 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 really change, you know, being taught the lesson and then changing whatever needs to be changed so that you won't have to go through that again. Now, some stuff is just, an, you know, inevitable. It's going to happen. But a lot of times when we think about, like, relationships and, you know, the type of people we deal with or, like, um, what we deal with on jobs and everything, even, like, friendships, it's just like, okay, how many times are you going to genuinely be there for someone that never answers the phone when you call? They didn't showed you this five times. And when you call, you're not calling on no BS. You're normally reaching out because you really need that help. That's a life lesson. Like, how many more times? I don't care that you grew up with somebody and y'all was playing in the sandbox. Like, if they show if they show you a pattern of these things, then you're not learning the lesson. You need to wake up and learn the lesson. And I just think that uh, that's life. That's life. Like, yeah, like what you right. told I says, um, and how you got to be aware of those lessons and aware of those things so that you can soon um, follow that path that God has laid out for us. You know, um, you got to be aware of those things and, and you can't be stubborn enough to, um, to deny what God is trying to show you, the signs that God is trying to put in front of you, you know. And the biggest the biggest sign or lesson, um, so you could say, that I felt like I was too stubborn, I was too spiteful to accept, because it's very hard to accept them sometimes was, um, me trying to play for Taiwan, you know, um, I, I had I had one more year to play football in high school after Taiwan died, and I was all out to try and play for him. You know, I had really, I had custom me and for You know, I was I was I was just all trying to play for him. You know, um, and I feel like that was the mistake I've made. You know, because um, you mm. you told I like that you have to you have to still have that part of you. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't. That I was all trying to play for him, and it hurt me because mm. average game. We all we all had those average games, bad games, good games, whatever. But when it was bad or if it was average, um, I broke down on myself. I got on myself hard. You know, mm-hmm. it just it became a, a pattern because if I wasn't doing phenomenal, that I wasn't doing good enough. And at that point, I'm like, yo, I'm disappointing my man. You know, I'm disappointing. Yeah. Instead of me playing for uh, for myself and then paying tribute to him, I was trying to play for Taiwan. That was my mistake, my, uh, my biggest mistake my senior year of high school football. Um, and I don't regret it because it is what it is, but um, I do wish I would see to the signs, you know, because I, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't receive the signs. Uh, I, I would be lying if I said that night in that gym, when I was um, running and stuff, and I, I felt like I heard his voice, I felt like he told me to play for myself, you know? Like, the sign mm-hmm. will be, you've got to listen to it. But me personally, I was fighting with it. Um, and I speak about that too. You can't fight with it, you know? You got to be free. Um, we all like to make those um, those goals for our life, and that's good. But you have to be open for what God is trying to um, show you and the, the, what he's trying to tell you, you know? So I feel like that is, is being open. God, I'm trying to tell you. Absolutely. What and position it, do you play? Oh, um, so I'm, so I'm, I'm going to tell you something. 
I was going to guess, I was going to say safety just by, I mean, my son, I played football too with my son, so I've, I've been heavy in it. But your demeanor and it says safety, decision maker. Okay, so you I'm know? not a football fan, so can you explain to me what that position is? It's a, it's a defensive position, but it's a very versatile defensive position. So basically, me playing strong safety outside linebacker, they call it hybrid to me. So they can move me around a lot um, on defense, you know. They can do a lot of things with me. Um, and then everybody knows that the middle linebacker is the, the quarterback of the defense, the leader of the defense. But nowadays, it's it's turning, um, it's transitioning to be the strong safety of the, uh, as the leader of the defense because we see the whole field um, mm -hmm. behind. Um, and because we're the most versatile player on the defense, um, a lot of people look turn towards us to tell ask us what to do, you know, where to go. Um, and you have to be intelligent. You have to know the game to play that position. You have to. Um, uh, it's not necessarily your talent that will put you above everybody else playing that position on the field. Yeah. Got to know the game, you know. You got to play. Like me personally, I'm not the most talented person in the world. My twin brother, even though football is not his passion, you know, he was very naturally talented, you know. But that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I had to be in the gym every day to get everything I, I had. Um, <laughs> and um, and I'm, that's something that I embrace, you know, me being a hard worker regardless. Um, hard work, hard work, uh, be talented with talent, work hard. I hold, I hold myself prideful to that, you know. So because of that, I'm going to continue to work hard. Um, but, yeah, strong safety, that's that, That's where it's at, you know. I figured that. I, I, wanna, I wanted you to tell me to be sure, but I said, if he don't play safety, he play quarterback. Okay. One of the two. It's crazy because I never played quarterback up until my junior year of high school when we needed a quarterback because the starting quarterback had a little situation. And the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach, he came to me and said, um, have you ever played quarterback? I told him I didn't. He was just like, I believe you can do it. And he said that because he knows that I can learn to play fast um, and that I was athletic enough to do the job. Um, mm -hmm. I got to start one game, well, only one game, but uh, when I was playing quarterback in practice, in the scrimmages and stuff, and then in that one game, I did great, and I felt great. About, I was confident. Um, I scored a few touchdowns. I just felt good, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's, that's my place, just being a natural leader on the field. Um, it's not necessarily what you know, but how you go about it. Um, being a teacher of action and not few words, you know, I had a very um, great coach. His name was Coach uh, Coach Means. He was like a second father figure to me. Um, he was just, he just taught me things through how he carried himself. You know, he didn't have to say a lot, and that's how I try and mm -hmm. I, that's how I try and teach people. I, I don't want to um, run you through a list of what to do. Give you a, you gotta do you gotta live life like this. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. Um, I'd rather show you. You know, like me trying to help my twin brother throughout the course of this summer, this hard summer he's been having. Um, I didn't want to tell him how to go about things. I wanted to show him, you know, my little brother. Um, I broke it tap, I broke it down to him about what I was doing with my books, but him being in the car with me as I was trying to give these books to everybody, showing them how it's done, um, that's mm -hmm. the of action, you know? And I feel like that's how we all got to go about things. Uh, it's not necessarily what you say, but I speak a lot of the words. And if I preach that, then I got to live through action as well, you know? Absolutely. Right. And then also, right. With, with things in life, I feel like it's sometimes it's not even about the winning or the losing. It's about how you play the game. So, and it's about mm -hmm. how you recover.
from any situation because that's that's what mm -hmm. does the, the recovery like you're not staying so stuck in a loss or so stuck in a certain type of situation that it enables you to bounce back i think i right. I, I i like to bounce back i like to see that you can just okay this is what it is i know what i did wrong but this time i'm gonna come back a little bit stronger so i always think that like mm -hmm. sometimes because you're gonna have wins you're gonna have losses that's a part of life but it's it's how you deal with it that, mm -hmm. that i feel like is important because that teaches you how to move on yeah you know? that's mm -hmm. life no you're gonna have wins you're gonna have loss and the losses that we've had are these losses of the people that we've lost, you know? And that's what it is. Right. How, how you go about it is all that matters. And how we go about that pain is all that matters, you know? And knowing that there's good and this upside to the pain is all that matters. And that's why I named the book Pain is Love. Because I believe that for every bit of pain, there's love and there's good that can come from it. You just got to find mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. you just gotta find it. Um, and it's hard not getting stuck up in that pain, you know. And that's why I felt like I was I was stuck up in the pain throughout my um the course of my senior season playing football. But I had to break out. I had to I had to grieve. I had to grieve, you know. I I didn't grieve yet, you know. Even it was it was almost a year later, and I didn't grieve yet. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Mm. Grieve. People think grieving comes with time, and it is what it is. No, like you might have lost somebody five years five years ago, and you haven't grieved yet. You know, you gotta go about it the right way. I think I cried like a baby. That was the first time I cried like a baby when my brother died. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, fetal position night at <laughs> night. I was. He was like, no like you was yeah, crying. yeah. I really was like, I'd be laying there. Next thing you know, I'm just just crying. Losing. I'm yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. And then to go through that and still have to deal with everything like life. Like when my brother first passed yeah. away, I got over the denial part and the blame part. Then it was just like I thought about him even more. Like all like yeah. I, at least every day I had I thought about him for like a half an hour every day. It could it could be any given time, but it was just like it was more intense. A lot later than it was when it first, you know, when it first happened. So, yeah, yeah it definitely can hit you. I would listen to a certain song or see something on TV. Oh, my friend Taiwan, he was big on, he's a boy in Jiggy Run the City. He, he was big on Jiggy, you know, and we always, Jiggy had posted this yeah. Instagram of this song, it's called Lately, you know. Um, and me and Taiwan was waiting for that song. We was waiting for Jiggy to, uh, I think he was in prison at the time, but we was waiting for him to get out and drop a mixtape, drop some music, you know, because that was one of his favorite artists. Um, even though he was an inner city artist, not mainstream, that was one of his favorites. He put me on and I liked it too. So after Taiwan passed away, Jiggy dropped some music and he had that song on it and it was big. You mm. know, I, I got emotional listening to him. I'm like, yo. Like, I just got real. I was happy at the same time, but I was emotional. So, you know, that's, but, yeah, that's, 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 man, <laughs> you hit it on music. <laughs> Listen, Rick Ross and um, two chains, the verses, right? Mm -hmm. Rick Ross has a song called Devil in a Blue. Well, it's Kanye's song, Devil right. in a Blue Dress, and right. Rick Ross is on that. When me and my brother first heard, I ain't gonna. We coming from D.C. getting 
paying extra money getting out phone prizes early, and that Kanye West <laughs> album came out. We played Devil in the Blue Dress from D.C. to Baltimore. When they played it on that Versus, I had to turn the Versus on. Yeah. Wow. The door. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't, man. Wow. Then when I, I went to a Rick Ross meeting group before, and I took my brother with me. So, man, yeah, that was tough. That day that they had that, I shut that down. That was tough. Yeah, music does it for me. I can't listen to certain songs. No, some people won't know why you throw that music. Like, I'll play it in the car. I played it in the car with a female before, and I was just going in. You know I, mean? yeah, I don't know if she knew. She But those, it just meant a lot to me. You know, that's how it be. Like me, with me going to Newtown nowadays to work out. I'm looking at the field. I'm like, yo, it's like because Newtown, um, it's not, it's not. The, the biggest school they and they don't have the most money in the world they have a few fields um a few a soccer field a baseball field another baseball field a football field you know i'm just like yo i got memories of me and someone working out on every single field on the hill running the hills you know we live in the same neighborhood i'll go back to that neighborhood i away from that neighborhood a, a few months ago um around when corona stuff started but me going to that neighborhood um just looking around i got memories of things every day in that neighborhood you know so it's definitely big. It's definitely, mm-hmm. definitely um, you can. It always feels like yesterday that we've lost those people. Those, those lost those people, you know. So it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. you ain't never lied. I I still think back to the phone call, like, and it's crazy. I still remember the time. Friday, one forty-eight p.m. Yeah, bring I was it in down. the auditorium, huh? Say, break it down to us. So. Sure. Yeah, I was in the auditorium and uh, I got the call that my brother got shot. He didn't pass right then and there, but that was one of them moments where, you know, I, I that was something I will always remember. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough. I I mainly, uh, I think about my mom is real, like, she a gangster. She held it together. And I'll be like, my how? I ain't seen you cry. I didn't cry for me, you, my sister, and everybody else. I'm supposed, I'm the oldest. I'm supposed to be strong, but it was tough. It's kind of like, um, remember the part of Juice where, um, oh gosh, with the the one got killed and um, the one that you got Raheem. killed. Raheem, not Raheem. What was his name? Yeah, uh, everybody was like, what was name Raheem? See that she tried to keep busy. I don't know what his name. Raheem. Something like that. Raheem, Raheem, yeah, yeah. When the mom broke down. Yeah, and it was like she hadn't broke down up until that point. And it was like everybody was kind of expecting her to do it. But she felt like she had to be strong for his sister. But you know, like each she had to be strong. And eventually she did broke down, but everybody was just looking like she just tried to stay busy. So and that, you know, that helped her. But eventually she, you know, she broke down or whatever. So I just know that I, I definitely would not be that one. I'd be somewhere crying to somebody, like somebody yeah. help me, because I ain't even going to lie. That type of strongness ain't in me. Maybe it'll it's come tough, later huh? in life, but like right now, uh-uh, no. Them right, kids, right. Look, them kids be calling me for support, and I'll be crying to them like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it get like that sometimes. I'm definitely not that that strong yet with life. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just not. I, I don't. 
I would be the one that's like falling on the floor, crying, just acting crazy, just doing the most when I'm supposed to be being strong for everybody else. Because I just feel like sometimes you can't be strong for everybody else. Sometimes you just got to try to be strong for yourself. So, I'll tell you, I was at uh, Jordan Cofield Candlelight Vigil not too long ago. Um, the a person who I spoke about um, earlier, um, and he he was a very happy. Uh, he lived his life like a rock star. You know, he was always smiling. He, he was life in <laughs> He was this amazing happy person. Shouts out to my light skinned brother. Rest in heaven. Yeah, everybody was emotional, but somebody came on a mic and they said, um, how many people have seen Jordan Cofield smiling? You know, and everybody raised their hand. He said, well, I shouldn't see so many sad faces because he wouldn't want to see this, you know? So that just made everybody want to, you know, get themselves together. So I got to be happy for my boy, you know? Yes. And stuff like that matters, you know? Just um, thinking about how that person who you've lost will want to see you. You know, like, I'm sure everybody who, who was touched by the loss of Jordan, um, Cry, you know, went through that, but you know, when they out living, they want to, they want to live for the, the, the that person that they lost, you know. Right? Mm -hmm. That's not, like me living, um, me losing Taiwan. I'm gonna try and live, just make sure Taiwan can see the world through my eyes, you know. You know that's how it is. You know, if he can't live, and that's out of my control, I'm gonna make sure he live through me and all the mm -hmm. people that you guys love through to you guys. You know, that's how it goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I told, I said, my brother, listen, I'm going to keep my brother's name alive until I die. So, right. Friday, listen, even right. if my phone, my phone get cut off, I'm borrowing somebody else's phone, <laughs> logging in and doing a King Porter Forever Friday post. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's just my thing to him. I said, I will never let my brother's name die. And we talk about my brother all the time. Like, my brother done his little thing in the streets, but he was always different. Like he always stuck out as far as dressing. Like I used to laugh at him. I said, yo, you the only drug dealer I know with a wallet. Like just <laughs> joking, but my brother had his own, oh, man, man, man. Definitely a good dude, man, definitely. And he, and he, he loved to put clothes on. That's, that's one thing I will say. My brother had his own style. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got the style. Right, right, yeah. Wait, time out. He got it from me. I'm the big brother. Oh, 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 o
the people that support me now, it means a lot to me. And I, I'm keeping track of those people and I appreciate those people. Um, so, okay, my name is Darius Bros. Um, I'm, I'm a freshman at Bowie State University. I'll be playing football um, this spring. Hopefully, we can play. Uh, but yeah, that's me right Cross the fingers. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to come check you out if, if COVID allows it, man. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm there. So. And I'm going to purchase a book from you for me. Yeah, me too. Okay. So I got no, I'm going to buy a book for you, girl. I got it. Oh, thank you. Right. Okay. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, I got you. I got you. All right. Well, this has been another week of It Is What It Is Radio Darius. I thank you. Thank I you. will not be a stranger. We will be locked in now, man. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. You know where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Get with me. Viewers, we thank you. Please like and share the show. Yeah. And until next week, I'm Fly T Miles. Love God, Love God be. Darius. No problem. No, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. We out, y'all. Till next week. <laughs> Thank you, man. See you. <laughs>